My name is Athena Kavenu. I'm a stand-up comedian, writer, and broadcaster, and I'm also a parent of two little monsters, which I love, but their conversation is lacking. Uh, so what I do is every now and again is I invite a friend around to keep my company, and today I've invited someone who literally, I've been, because this person lives quite close to me, I'll be like, oh, I'll get one next week. I'll get one next week. And it's literally been years. I can't believe it's taken this long to have Dana Alexander. Hello. In the house. Uh, first things first, you don't like fried plantain. Do you know what? I don't like fried plantain. Thank you for respecting me. But this is beautiful, though. Yeah, so the people who listen to the podcast will know people normally come around and we and we drink tea. I forgot your tea. Mm. Your tea's in the kitchen. Give me a second. Okay. Let's start again. You've got your tea now. So yes. I forgot about that. So, yeah, people normally come around. They get a hot drink, coffee, tea, whatever they want, and fried plantain. But today I made you Polari, which Quincy got as well, actually. Oh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quincy got Polari. Uh, Could got he find too. your house? He got an Uber. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why'd you say that? Because I had him over. He came to pick up food for the podcast we did. Yeah. And he was way down the street by the Pizza Hut, and I couldn't see him because of the curve in the road. So it was funny. <laughs> he made it. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he made it. He trusted Uber with, with the directions to get mm. here. So I thought I'd make you Polari too. Thank uh, you. It's which, delicious. Thank you. So, Polari, people don't know, is like an Indian Caribbean snack. It's like bhajis, but like a little, just, I don't know. It's just, you know how Indian food got changed? So there's loads of Indians in the Caribbean, but the food mm-hmm. we eat is Guyana, Indian. Trinidad. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But it's not like, it's similar to what you'd get in the subcontinent, but it's slightly different. Because the different yeah. ingredients were available and not available. Yeah, and over the mm-hmm. years, people just forget and they change things up. So I, but personally, I love Polari. I talk about mm-hmm. it as much as I talk about plantain, if I'm honest. It's very um, difficult to find recipes that are exactly the same. Yeah. Like I'm, when I make a recipe, I tend to do some research. And no two recipes are alike, really. And you, and even when I try to make things as authentic as possible, sometimes you just can't find certain ingredients and certain spices. Why do you like you cook a lot? Mm-hmm. Why do you like cooking food that comes from everywhere? What's your what do you? Well, I some people learn languages, you know, but you learn food language. I think it comes from three places: mixed heritage for yeah. sure. Then Canadians have no food culture. Our, <laughs> our literal national dish is a is a poutine. Which is cheese, chips, and gravy. Yeah, I heard about this. So, so I don't know where, I think I saw it on the internet. Cheese, chips, and gravy. That's a national dish. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to probably try and have some today before my gig. Does Um, that come from the British influence, you think? French, Quebecois. Oh, Yeah, it's a certain type of cheese that they, I would say like it's very, like it's a cross between halloumi and mozzarella. It's quite salty. But you don't store it in the fridge and it squeaks when you bite it. But it has that really stringy mozzarella flavor, but it doesn't melt like a cheddar would. So it's really nice. It's just kind of the right temperature of the hot gravy. You're supposed to use like real, you know, thick cut potatoes, but everybody's messed up that recipe. So then we just had our country's full of immigrants. So like, you know, we had... uh, Thank God. Yeah, (laughs) we we had a lot of Polish and Ukrainians in my city growing up. So I'm pretty good. I can make a pierogi. Okay. By hand, I can do like a lot of Eastern European stuff because of that influence. Yeah. Yeah. I always think that you should have like a food truck or something. I want a should, food truck. Yeah. And you should yeah. drive around and that should be like your second job. Oh, I would love that. That'd be awesome. Actually, I have a whole idea. Just, I probably shouldn't give it away. But... No, don't give it away. Just t- after the podcast, tell yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I always think that people live their life like in chapters and we don't always acknowledge this. So sometimes I think to myself, oh, I'll do that, but that'll be in the next chapter of my life. So like mm. my life was kind of like, I had the kind of the chapter which was like I had a decent job but I was just like going out a lot drinking enjoying myself then I had the chapter which is where I was kind of like oh, okay I got myself together started exercising got mm-hmm. better jobs and I got the comedy chapter yeah um, and actually my next chapter I'm hoping to go back to uni and be more like academic because like 
before at the very 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 beginning i mm. thought i was gonna be an academic you know yeah when I graduated, you still I thought, can be exactly there's a lot of crossover with stand-up and like but that's like four or five years time i might revisit that mm. but now now i'm in the kind of this i'm in the kind of comedy writing and parenting chapter of my life mm. so the next chapter yeah that's the noise you can hear by the way we've had to give we had to give the little monster a, a, a biscuit wrapper um, you are great with the children. You are so good with them. I love kids. Yeah. Mm. I used to bring my daughter to see you and she would scream the house down. Oh, I felt so bad. All the pictures of me is like her trying to get away from me. Like, oh Lord, I'm like, this is and a I used to say she's like that with everyone. Like mm. she generally is like that with everyone. I know my feelings were hurt. You got, talk about your, can we talk about your family? Like, mm. are you really good with kids because you've got little siblings? I am the eldest child. How many mm. siblings do you have? Two. I have a brother and a sister. Okay. So my sister, my brother's only two years younger, so that's not really anything, but my sister's 11 years younger. But I also did this program for Parks and Recreation called the Leading Edge Program. Okay. So I was like leading drama camps and like volunteering from the time I was like 11, 12 years old. So I actually worked for the city in like after school care programs, day programs and things like that was my job when I was like a teenager. So just rounding up a gang of rowdy kids and getting them organized, playing games and things like that. It's like camp counselor type of thing. So I love, I used to do a bit of kids work for boring reasons. I used to like try and get kids to like recycle and pick up litter and stuff oh, as Lord. part of a very old job. But I loved it. It was always the best part of my job, working with kids. I you can't... would trick them and tell, it to, tell them it's a game. Yeah, right. It's, but it's also just like, it, A, it was really satisfying. When a child likes you, that's more victorious than men like because it's genuine yeah absolutely mm-hmm. like you feel like you feel like you've won them over mm-hmm. you know um and it's also because children are really honest so if they don't like you they will tell you oh trust you me. know is that whereas if an adult likes you it's like well they put they're, they're being nice but you mm-hmm. never know what they're saying in a whatsapp group or whatever yeah kids uh, just keep it playing oh yeah which is <laughs> which is why i find it i the most entertaining thing for me is to watch my children interact with other people because I just think this is just a reminder, just to be honest, if you don't like something, or if they don't like what they're eating, they'll be like, I don't like it. <laughs> it, t- it tastes disgusting. I don't know who taught my daughter the word disgusting, but she says it constantly now. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, but it'll be like, I'll make her like, like if I gave her this, like this flower, she'd be like, it tastes disgusting. And I'd just be like. <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> Imagine an adult man that tells you that. Right? Yeah. After they watch you cook for three hours. My boyfriend does not have a very mature palate. Oh, is it baked beans, toast, cheese? He just grew up in a Persian community till he was 25. And you just, they don't even have like four, like if you're going to eat Japanese or Chinese, there's like tariffs that you have to pay for anything that's not from there. Mm. So people don't really experiment with like Mexican and Asian cuisine like we do. They, I know they have Indian and Chinese, but that's, yeah. So you're introducing him to loads of new things. Yeah, and some things he likes more than others. I think sometimes he has to just, like, realize that not everything is a Persian dish. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So yeah. stop trying to make my spaghetti Iranian. Yeah. It is Italian. Lefitalon. Trying to put falafel <laughs> in it and things like that. The things I see him put in meals sometimes is shocking. But we take for granted, like, when you don't, when you grow up in a monoculture, things that we take for granted are like really alien to people. Like I used to go out with someone from the Congo. He only ever ate Congolese food. Like Is it? only ever. Yeah, do you want to get that? Um, and like to the point where he didn't know anything. Like he didn't even know what broccoli was. Uh, what? You know, yeah, so he he only ever ate Congolese food, but that extended to like vegetables or you know so I remember one time I asked him I think we were, I was cooking something, I said, Can you can you cut up this broccoli? 
And he just like started sawing at it, like he was sawing wood. So, with, oh, tell me he didn't use a serrated knife. I don't know. I can't remember the, the knife he used, but I just remember thinking it, he turned it to dust. You know, because he was just kind oh, of like Lord, sawing it down. He didn't down. know what it was. He didn't understand to cut it into like little. How old was he? He was. We're the same age. He's a year younger than me. That's a shame. So I've learned to not to be judgmental now. Even though that guy was awful in the end. What is interesting is because Reza like does the shop a lot because he's one of those people that has to check everything nine hundred times, and I'm just like not about that life. Yeah. Um, I'll send him for ingredients, and almost every time, he he doesn't know he's a lot. Of, there's something on there that he's never heard of. Do you know what I mean? And I get a picture. Is, is this the one? Is this the one? Yeah. Oh, that's it's it's sweet though. Um, Very sweet. But it's it's. I would like. I just wish I can't eat the same type of cuisine all the time. Oh, you no. know what I mean? That's the only part that's not exciting for me as a cook. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So you see, you see yourself as a cook. I would say I'm a cook. I would yeah. never say I'm a chef. God, I don't have that training, but I'm definitely a cook. It's like a yeah. really. It's almost like a. It's almost like a hobby, but not to like diminish it it's like a, it's like something that we do and we enjoy we try and get better at it oh gosh yeah i think there's so much people come together over food and when you're known as a person who's made like think about we eat food how many times a day right if you have the equipment and the ingredients to make something amazing you will raise your quality of life so and you'll save money actually so i use food as a way to like connect with where i come from yeah because my parents have really taught me language or accent or anything mm. like that and i've never been to guyana i'll probably never go there so do you have that kind of connection to to where you come from and the places you come from well i'm sure as you know jamaicans they don't assimilate they'll change you before <laughs> anyone will change them so i had various um cultural influences my dad's uncle who raised him as a son who we call grandpa actually had a restaurant it was a Caribbean restaurant called Original Sam. So I can even remember. This is in Canada. Yeah, I can even remember as a kid being in like his big industrial kitchen with the proper machinery making patties and stuff like that wow, from okay. scratch. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to influence you. That must be part of why you, you love being in the kitchen so much. Do you know, it's interesting. I think it's, for me, it's really therapeutic, but I, I do think it is a good way to get in touch with culture. As you know, like I started with the right, the book, you know what I mean? I'm, I have to get those desserts done. It's so annoying. I'm really bad Let's at desserts. Let's talk about the book. So this is a book that we you're working on. Yeah. Would you talk about it? The way that the book started was in 2016, when I had to look after Anthony and Stefan and He's Aaliyah. Nephews. These and are my, my cousin's children. Right. Right. So they were probably 9, 10, and 15 or something like that. Anyways, one of them, this is right before the Brexit vote. And I remember Anthony saying something like, oh, he's Polish. And I just looked at him in shock. I was like, what does that mean? So what if he, what do, what, the, what do you associate with Pol? I don't even think you know Polish people. Who are yeah. you talking about in here? Like, who turned you into this little Nazi? You know, I, I couldn't believe it. And then I realized, I'm like, you know what? We are going to learn about Poland today. And so I started introducing them as kids to new cultures through food. Right. So I just got one of those A4 notebooks from like the dollar. So when they were in school, I had them for about four days. I drew out the Polish flag. That was our first one. Yeah. And then they would come home with their crayons and the pencils and they would color it in and we would make pierogies and we talk a little bit about what, how Poland was founded, famous people from Poland. If we could, you know, any language, so then every day we'd pick a new country. Right. And they got to the point where every time I'd see them, auntie, we're going to do the cookbook. Are we going to do the cookbook auntie? So I think we did about 19 recipes together and I put a little map on their wall. 
so that every time we cooked from a certain country, I'd get them to connect the geography right. with it. So, yeah, it actually turned out really good. These these are little boys from Walthamstow who are half Congolese, half Jamaican that can make pierogies by hand. Yeah, and it's like, that's not that complicated, right? It's not hard no. to teach kids about other people. And it's like, we've made you've made that effort. And sometimes I think people put too much, they put too much pressure on the state to make the, oh, it's too much racism. It's like, well, you have a house and there's people in it. Like, start from home. Like, what's happening? What are you doing? What are we doing? And stay with them. Do you know what I mean? Show them how to use a measuring cup. Yeah. Let them make a couple mistakes. Trust me. Let them oversalt a dish one time. They will make that mistake again. Yeah. You know, but I find it's really nice now because I think um, the old the oldest boy is about 13. But, you know, he can put down a pot of rice. He can cook up some pancakes. He can do talk. Like, he can... He can do. He can make food in the kitchen. He yeah. they, we're baking their mother cakes, oh, you know, icing true. them and everything. I think it's such an important cooking's a life skill. Yeah, and, and why not when they're so young? It's such a help. It's like I remember going to university and meeting people who couldn't like cook rice or like fry an egg, mm. and being like genuinely shocked by that. Like, well, how how did you, how you eat? live? And they yeah. were either getting cooked for by their parents, or their <laughs> carers, or they were just like having takeaway every day. That's awful. Yeah. Oh, this is a random thought, but I'll always remember. So people probably don't know this. So we used to be housemates. Yeah. I always remember when you came round the first time, and you were going through my, you went through my cupboards. I was so embarrassed. <laughs> but I, I didn't. So basically, they, they only came, came like the first day or something, putting food in the cupboards. And I'm generally like a little bit healthy. Very. So the I, worst thing in there was sugar for tea. <laughs> that was the worst thing she had in the cupboard. And, but I didn't realize how bad it was. Like I never, it never really occurred to me. That no I'd... processed food. <laughs> Rice was in bulk. Like it was like the kitchen of a very sensible person. Like well, there's no sugary sauces and snacks and crisps none of that in your heart it was like fruit grains <laughs> rice cakes yeah soy products <laughs> and it was just so funny because like that you were the first person because obviously people would come into my flat yeah. or whatever that to make to be like athena sort yourself out like have some fun enjoy uh, your life athena. i was ashamed <laughs> i was gonna i'm gonna bring my dirty groceries in her house she's gonna look she's gonna judge me anyway i want to i've got before you leave i'm gonna show you our, our sugar cupboards Oh gosh! Yeah, so I've, now you have nine hundred types of sugar. No, it's, welcome. It's yeah. I just yeah. I've been changed, I've, and my partner's got a sweet tooth. So kids. Well, too. literally. So I kind of went for the same thing with my partner because I was kind of doing the shopping for the house, mm. and he was like, "There's nothing in the cupboards." I'm like, the cupboards are full. In your like, mind, no. Exactly. You're like, no. We're making dumplings from scratch. <laughs> Get the flour. <laughs> baking bread today. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, no. There's no popcorn. There's no chocolate. Yeah. There's no Haribo. And I was like, oh yeah. This is how people live. Yeah, they live. But <laughs> well, I forgot. So I'm still, I'm still on all about that, the good life stuff. But I've relaxed a little bit. You'll be pleased to know. That's good. Um, it is, and it's also good for the kids as well. I don't want us to get bullied. No, they, well, they want to know what Twix is or whatever. Well, you're lucky. At least they come up with some mixture in their in their culture in their city because. I mean, my, my dad would send me to school with stuff like corned beef and cabbage. <laughs> and kids would be like, what are you eating? That's so That's, weird. Your that food is, is so weird. That is the story of being a child of immigrants. Though. Yeah. Like, just having weird things in your lunchbox. What are you eating? Pig's feet. <laughs> <laughs> we were quite lucky because our mom was like sandwiches and yogurt. So every okay. every day for our pat lunch, it was sandwich, yogurt, piece of fruit. Mm-hmm. Every day you can imagine, and like, we'd be looking at people's school dinners that they would have from like the canteen and just be like the fruit roll up kids. Oh god! But I just I would I wanted a school dinner so bad. Really? <laughs> but, but yeah, because I'd be there with my peanut butter sandwiches, 
stuck to the roof of my mouth, all dry. Oh gosh, you know what? It's so funny that you say that because my little cousins are on school dinner and they can't handle it because their mom's like a Jamaican woman who properly feeds them. So like, they're like, auntie, you don't understand. They want us to eat burger with knife and fork. <laughs> they were so upset about like the lunchroom program. But I look at those lunch dinners and I'm like, that's wild. And Jamie Oliver had that series, right? For a right. while where he was trying to change school dinners, you know, in America. Healthy. Yeah. Which I was actually against, but I don't, I think it's, I think we should spend more money on school dinners, obviously. Yeah. But I don't think they should be 100% healthy, okay? Because children have to learn how to handle sugar. Yes. You have to learn how to eat a donut and a banana. Of you course. Can't ban that. And, to, and actually, when you're at school and you're learning, those little sugar rushes and getting satiated at lunch, it's going to help you. If Definitely. you sat down and you're just eating like, brown bread with a cucumber yeah I, I just thought i just thought it was like a bit you too are. much and the what's the thing i always compare it to is take like jella lawson okay mm-hmm. all of her recipes are indulgent they're 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 full of passion they're full of fat basically mm-hmm. and for a reason we she need... can't even use a knife how did she get a cooking show <laughs> well, so i digress the, but yeah, anyway we, we we know how I, as i have i quite like her but yeah privilege privilege everywhere privilege abound with her but we understand how indulging ourselves is good for us. It's good for our mental health. It's good for our mental health to, keep, to eat a Mars bar, you know? Uh, it's not good for well, our health, physical health to eat all the time. You're totally right because, like, my my uh, partner, he lost a ton of weight since we knew each other, which I, well, I keep him off camera because it's bad for branding. But, um, <laughs> you know, I really tried to bend to his. He's trying, I, I want low fat. I want low carb. I don't want to eat too much meat. I don't want to repeat a meat in the week. Like, he had all these different things. And it got so frustrating, but then he'll, he'll stick to his diet and he does this almost every night. He'll wake up in the middle of the night and just eat whatever's on the counter. He's hungry. Yeah. He will go in the cupboard and just eat like a spoon of peanut butter, like at two o'clock in the morning. And in my mind, I'm like, you didn't see that beautiful stew I put out at seven o'clock. You had to turn your nose up at my beautiful stew. And then I come back from my stew the next day. The one that he doesn't like, but it's gone. Yeah, he's clean eaters, man. Yeah, they're denying themselves. You say that. Get this guy to a buffet. It's shocking. Right, but that's because hold on, no problem. What's up? I don't think you're that hungry. Are you hungry? Where are we? What are we saying? Yeah, yeah, buffet. He wants his money's worth. When you when I tell you this guy can mash up a buffet, (laughs) but when I see him at home, I'm just like, really? You just eat cabbage like you just like snack on a pe- but he's so cra- he's so ravenous sometimes because he works out three hours he'll literally like before he leaves the house he'll have these has these big hands he'll have two apples and a pear and he'll be like a carrot in his mouth and i'm just like damn can't you just have a damn calorie <laughs> do you know what i mean like do you really i'm like the way you eat is like a horse <laughs> Why do you think he does this? Is it because he is trying to achieve something physically? Yeah, he used to be quite big. As in he, muscular? Chubby. Oh, chubby. He okay. was fully, like, he was like a little chubby guy when I met him. I was like, oh, that's so cute. And now I'm just like, well, where did you go? Oh, so this has happened whilst you've met him. Yeah, like, because okay. he, he's really hit the gym. Do you know right. what I mean? And I think it's like, he he was also was really bad with his diet before. He was like eating, t- he worked at a takeaway at yeah. one point. So he was eating it like every single day. And I don't think that it was good for him, you know? Right. So yeah. So he's gone the other way, basically. He's gone from like, maybe not looking after himself as, as much as he should be to maybe too much thought into it. It's weird because it's, I can't, I can't, I can't judge it. Sometimes he's going wild at the buffet 
Yeah. Or he's just eating lettuce. Like, like there's not a lot of mid ground for him. I find like now though, the conversation about food is either um, do what you want um, and don't think about it at all, or like get an instant, you know, get a summer body or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's no like midway point, which is just kind of like just kind of look after yourself and enjoy yourself, but also think about your health. Mm-hmm. When I think about it, I'm 39. Who am I trying to impress? Like impress yourself at this point. Even when I go to the gym, the gym is probably like one of the best places you can go because everybody has such a different body type. Yeah. But you can still see that people are working and they're working hard. And some people are really good at that. Some people are really good at that, but there's all different types. And I think that will somehow strangely has made me embrace myself. Like, you know, the, you know, the gym that we have by ours, have you ever been to a squat class full of black chicks? (laughs) I never thought my bum would be the smallest in any room. I was so shocked. You know those girls that work out with this those bands a, on their legs I as wish, they squat? Those wild girls with the giant butts. I've got such a small butt. I'd be so embarrassed. I'd be at the back of the class. I was embarrassed, <laughs> girl. I was embarrassed. You said you were 39, so we're both the same age. Mm-hmm. pretty much separated by just a few months. Mm-hmm. And you know, at, we're at the halfway point. Really, when you think about it. You notice how 40 is so different in 2021 than it was in 1984? It feels like 22, if I'm honest. I feel like... Watch a movie and see what a 22-year-old looked like in 1960. <laughs> or even 1980. They're grown. Yeah. They got nylons and pumps on, going to work with the hair blown out. The housewives <laughs> or whatever. Mm. Yeah, like, I honestly feel like... I feel like when I was when I was 20, if I met a 40-year-old, I'd be like, wow. You're old, man. I, I can't imagine being that old. But then I, I look at 20-year-olds and I'm like, come out of here, child. <laughs> Big people are talking. <laughs> you know it's, what I it's mean? It's true. They're it's... like, I can't even do, like, even they're, like, my, my partner's nine years younger than me. And that was not, like, something I wanted. Right. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, does that ever come up, like, you know, over the course of your time you spend with him? Are you reminded? He's of so old. He's, oh, he's an old soul. So old. Like, I still jump on the bed in the hotel. He'll be like, no, my leg, don't do this. It's not safe. It's dangerous, Dana. He's like that person, you but know? But people, people have, like, their physical age, and then they have their soul age, you know? And I've always probably been a little bit older in my age. Definitely. When I was younger, I seem, I think I was maybe always, like, 35, even right. when I was eight. Do you know what I mean? And I think, I don't know, maybe I'll get older. I am, I do really like kitchen gadgets now. Yeah, I know about this. What's the last kitchen gadget you bought? I bought everything over this lockdown. Can I just go through them? Yeah, so please. Let me I got the Instant Pot, which is a slow cooker that doubles as right. a pressure and cooker. And that's the pot. I saw it and it just had lots of buttons on it. The thing, it was insane. It's like a computer, but a, a saucepan. It's amazing. But you yeah. can also pressure cook it anyways. My mom sent it to me from Canada. And then I got a um, what's your, air fryer. Okay. And then I got a grill, like a George Foreman grill. It was only like over 10 pounds or something like that. And then I got a waffle iron, same, like a little 10 pound. And then I got a tagine. I love my tagine. And then I got a griddle pan. Yeah. That's, the air fryer is probably the one where I'm like, work. Yeah, but a lot of people are getting air fryers now. 40 pounds. Yeah, so air fryers... People don't know, they allow you to fry food with it. So you use like a minimal, a tiny amount of oil. Yeah, but also it's less energy than turning on the big oven every time you want to, you know what I mean? Have something, it's just a little, and then it's quicker too. And it comes out like it's been fried. Yeah, yeah. I have to say, like, I have a show um, on one of my various cooking series called Air Fry Why, 
where we actually test different recipes. So we'll do one in the air fryer and we'll do one in the real fryer. Right. But yeah, I've had really good luck with spring rolls. Um, definitely amazing chicken fingers. Um, basically you can bake stuff. I have made, I made baked buns in my air fryer. Okay. So yeah. Like I'm old. I am an OG with this air fryer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Basically then he's like, start sponsoring you now. You need to start being paid to do adverts for these guys. Do you know who I would, I would love, I would love to have like a North stock cube sponsorship. Right. Cause that's a really good one because you could get so versatile with your, um, your different, uh, what you would call it, uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, you get, get so versatile with all of your different recipes and um, series. Do you know what I'm saying? Because you, you use so many things for the stock pot. But like with the air fryer, you can do a lot of things, but you can't do like a roast. Or, no. You know limited. what I mean? But I, I stopped buying Noor because I don't know if you remember, it's a few years ago, mm. they did an advert with Marco Pierre White about how to make rice and peas. And it was like one of the worst things you've ever seen. He um, can't cook. Yeah, I don't well, think he, definitely, that... he can't cook rice and peas. He made it with like green peas and he just put the chicken in with the rice. And like, can you imagine? So it was like a pot of, he, he made the rice as you like, you made rice and he added garden peas, like green peas. This and is... he added like the chicken to the pot. Then he added like some North stock cube things, but like 12 of them or something crazy like that. And when it came out, I mean, you can imagine what it looked like. Um, and I'm, I'm going to look that up. Oh my God, I'll, I'll find a few after this. It worse than, was it worse than Jerk Rice yes. by Jamie Oliver? Do you know what? It was worse. I will say that it was it was worse. Stay in your lane. Because at least jerk rice is something you made up. Trying to make something that exists and doing it in that awful way. Yeah, yeah. What's wrong, baby? What's wrong? He wants to go to sleep. Less anxiety with the second one, I bet. Oh, much less. Mm -hmm. It's actually ridiculous how much less because... Like you're, you're like you'll just put them in a room and walk out and mm -hmm. like not worry about it. Yeah, having when I was really happy with that with the first one, but I didn't want want her to be alone. Mm. And I was like, well, I live in this nice house, or we live together. With yeah. partner, let's have another baby. That's cool. And it is. You get much less anxiety because you know what you're doing. Mm. You know, like I was like with the first one, I was like on the NHS website all the time. Yes. You must have gone to A&E like four times. Wow. Yeah, because you don't know. You, yeah. You're like, oh my God, their temperature was like half a degree higher than it should be or whatever. Oh, or, um, I remember one time we went to this party with her and she, she ate meringue. I thought maybe this is bad, but I was like, whatever. And then she was really unwell during the night. So I took her to A&E, <laughs> you know, and just because I had it in my head that, oh, she ate meringue. No, she's going to, something over that. But of course she was fine. It's meringue. I mean, yeah. egg white. I don't know what, what else happened. Yeah, like I never saw... I'm not really the kind of... I'm lucky enough not to have had to go to hospital that often in my life. Yeah. But I think I've went to A&E so often. Just, like, Athena, come on in, yeah, girl. We yeah. have your room ready. Yeah. But the healthcare in this country, we've got children, is really good. Like, oh, you that's get good. children's A&E, you don't have to wait four hours. Like, they've oh, got their own good. special area. Um, GPs are really good. Like, anything... And GPs encourage it, you know. They're like, you know, when you've got a baby, they're like, just... just Call us. Don't hesitate. Yeah. Because at the end of the day... You don't know. Exactly. If a thousand kids... If a thousand parents are paranoid and one of those kids has got something that's worth... It's worth catching. Yeah, of course right? it is. Childhood illness is so devastating. But yeah, it is a lot easier. And, th and it's easier in other ways too. Like, you don't have to buy as much stuff. Yeah, you, you already have half the stuff. Just, you exactly. have the stroller and the high chair and everything else. Yeah. Car seat. He wears her clothes. I noticed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just sticking with her. Look. That's why like, I gotta buy these kids yellows and greens. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good idea. Try and buy gender neutral stuff in when you've got kids. So mm -hmm. when you have the second one, you're not 
putting fairy wings on your, on your son or whatever. <laughs> not that not that that bothers me. Like, but I do think there's a point where you have to draw a line. Like, yeah, so yeah. there's some stuff that I won't put him in because that's just draw, that's it. It's too much. She's got my daughter had like a ballet outfit, and I was no. like, no, we're not putting myself in. He may put himself in it. You never exactly. know. Exactly. When he's old, give enough, him the choice. Yeah, he can choose that for himself. But I'm not gonna um, I'm not gonna make him be make life that. harder for him. As yeah. It is. yeah, but he wears tights because as you can see, their socks fall off all the time. Mm-hmm. The answer is tights. Put your babies in tights, no matter what the gender. Okay, don't worry. We gotta to get over this stuff. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's yeah. boring, and it's making our lives. Why do things that make our lives harder? Exactly you know? to fit in with these gender. None of us fit in these these gender roles. None of us really fit into. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the thing. We're not even that invested in it. Mm. Like the way people get so angry about the idea of gender being a construct and it being a um, uh, a spectrum rather than like a binary thing. It's like, but this is it. It's easier that way. Our lives are easier that way if we are are free to choose what we want to do, to do what we want to do, whenever we want, however we want. Exactly. And I just don't know why it's someone else's business. I have a little bit of a theory though. Like one of my friends, he was a drag queen, incredibly flamboyant. His brother stayed in the closet, was like, you know, captain of this football team and all that stuff in high school, popular, dating lots of girls, but he was gay. And he actually really resented how gay his brother was because he felt like he wasn't allowed to do that. You know what I mean? Like, how did he, so did he come out in the end? He did. And then he eventually said to his brother, he's like, I was just jealous. You could be as gay as you wanted to be. And you yeah. just did whatever you wanted. And I always wanted to, and you, I just never could. And he's like, Oh girl, they broke my arm twice and my nose. Do you it's know? That, yeah. It's an act of bravery. Especially, it is. I mean, okay, I'm, I, I'm not, I don't want to be one of those people like, oh, things are better now. Like they're not. But I think they're better than they were. Definitely. You know, uh, you know, 10, 20 years ago. And it's an act of bravery to be queer. Especially well, as a young person. It's so funny. Little Stefan, who's like so butch. Even now he's like, he sees a rainbow and he goes, LGBTQA. Oh. <laughs> like he just says it. <laughs> yes. But he's, he does it in such a like, a way like a dad who just decided to accept their, you know, their kid being gay. But it's funny because it's what I find really interesting is in my family, homophobia is so prevalent that I know lesbians that are homophobic. Right. In your family. Yeah. Yeah. Fully. And I, I was, it's shocking to me because you're acting like I'm like a girl. And I'm like, you are the biggest like most macho woman man even on this street yeah you, with your girlfriend here how are you gonna tell this do you know what i'm saying and that's also a lot of that is also women are as invested in patriarchy as men mm-hmm. so when she's saying i'm all right to be masculine but you can never be feminine that's patriarchy that's mm-hmm. basically saying to be feminine is to be less less than yeah mm-hmm. um, and it's funny because he expresses himself in ways like when he plays video games he always picks the girl character. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I think, and also, that's obviously your influence as well. Like, you're, you being around these kids, is they're allowed to express oh, themselves. Oh, no. The influence. This, let me tell you this. This boy used to break into my makeup from the time he was two years old. <laughs> he would study my face in the night, find my makeup, and recreate. And he was good for a two-year-old. Yeah. This kid has been breaking into my makeup since before he could talk. Right. I didn't do nothing. He wanted to wear his sister's clothes. I didn't push any of that onto him. He's, this is just who he is. Yeah, you know? and and it's most a lot of boys wear their low mummy's clothes. 
You know, they walk around in their mum's heels. It's like a cliche. My brother, we used to take my mom's uh, bras and stuff them with, like, after the laundry came out, stuff them with clean underwear and socks. And my brother would, like, oh, yeah, we would work. It's, totally. It's playing dress up. And he was, yeah. he, my brother, my brother used to never get, who's gay? Um, used to have this, like, little motorbike. My dad was always trying to butch him up. And my brother would never get on it unless he had his pink purse. <laughs> so from the, like, there are pictures of my brother, like, fully with his pink purse from the time he's two years old. We took him to, at, when he was, like, four to Toys R Us to buy anything he wanted. He wanted a Minnie Mouse broom and dustpan set so he could be with mom. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, he was just a very different kid to me. Like, he would watch a pound cake just rise in the oven for 45 minutes. He sounds adorable. Wow, this is boring to me. I'd be like, come on, let's destroy the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think and it's quite funny watching my two seeing their differences, even mm. though um, there's, yeah, but there's two years between them. Like me and my brother. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like, so my daughter, it's kind of similar actually, because my is. daughter's wild. She just like runs around, uh, put her clothes on. She rips like she, such running What's around. so interesting about her too is she has a twin cousin. Yes, she's got a twin cousin in Australia. I, you, yeah. you, I'm sure you've told that story before on this um, podcast. You know what? But I haven't, yeah, but some people might not know this, but I had a same, I had a baby on the same day as my twin brother. So we're twins, and our cousins are born twins. on the same day. Yeah. Can you imagine being wild. a grandma twice? That must have been so wild I've for been, your mom. I've been told that she, when jumped, she's not she's not a young lady. My mom, mm. it was like clear air, maybe a foot. Wow. <laughs> air when I think when I gave birth, so my my brother's girlfriend had her baby, and then I had, I had mine. Um, wow. But I, like she was so desperate for grandchildren. Oh, like, she had two in the same day from both her kids. I think, honestly, Job done. If the power of prayer, that's the only way I can account for the amazing coincidence of having a baby at the same time as my brother. My, wow. My mum was so desperate. Especially with for a twin. Yeah. It's just, it's just the twins are connected on some psychic level. I like I, I prefer it just to be a coincidence. <laughs> just a mad coincidence. But it's what what kind of amazes me about it is it almost feels like it's we're in the matrix and it's just a, a program that the matrix wrote. Yeah. What's happening for my mum to have wanted grandchildren more than anything? Like she just had much more grandchildren in her house. There were there she were, started dressing you as a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Got out of the changing mat. Like, damn, it's changed. She, when we moved, she moved into a new house a few years ago, and she didn't want any pictures in the house of us. Mm. And she was like, "I don't want any pictures um, until I get grandchildren." Like, like, it was like, it was like, or and everything was centered around not having grandchildren. So she had this like clothesline in the garden and she was like I'll get rid of it it's taking up space I don't have grandchildren so I don't need it like do you know how everything became like oh what, why do we need a new boiler I don't have grandchildren so what's, what's, the, what's the waste of money so Aww. it was just like yeah we get the hint mum like can we get the hint wow um, this is no pressure I was I was so different I told I remember once I when I got some big gig I told my mom like I have a surprise for you I was 29 she's like well I hope it's not that you're pregnant and I'm like you know I'm 29, you know, you I'm always, like, I should yeah. be allowed to have a kid now, but like, I think my mom would be like, so what are you going to do now? <laughs> I told her I was having a child, you know what I mean? Do, do your brothers have kids? No, he's no. gay. What about, about yeah. thinking maybe that they could have had kids? Oh no, he's so also very selfish. Oh. <laughs> and so your, your parents never put pressure on you or your brothers? My dad, but then he just took over um, his wife's grandkids. Yeah. So now he's a grandfather to those kids. Right. Yeah. So that, that he gets satiated that way. Yes. They think of him because they were born and he was married to their grandma. So he think they think people think of him as grandpa, right? Yeah. I am um, I put my mum um 
my mum's a life of grandchildren mostly down to kind of like where she comes from like mm. what else do you do with your life yeah yeah you know yeah, what I mean yeah. like what are you going to do with your life like once you've done everything once you've worked once you've you've got your house mm-hmm. once you've got your career right now you've got to pass it on to someone you know it's true and also like we don't have much family in the UK mm. like we've got like a couple of cousins okay um, but really it's kind of like in the UK it's my mum and my brother and then my other brother's in Australia oh, okay. so I think a lot of it is like what will I do without yeah, grandchildren? Like, grandchildren, we, yeah. Retirement plan, hey. Hey, well, no, hey is, baby. Well, I'm thinking about <laughs> we'll see it. who's changing whose diaper. <laughs> Listen, I'm thinking, you genuinely, I sit here and I think, I do think to myself, it's, it's so, it is a bit selfish, but I think, yeah, when I hope, when I'm old. But you, you know, know what? The, the good thing is you had them at the age that you did because like, I'll be old too when my mom's old. Do you know what I mean? Like I was, what was it? Oh, this one comic, you know, she had a joke about um, you know, I can't wait till you die. She's like, I had you very young. We're really not that different in age. We'll be in the same old folks home, okay? So yeah, don't be hanging like... out. You'll be, be in the hospital, getting the same hip replaced. Exactly. <laughs> you can borrow mine when I'm done with it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's something yeah. to be said for having children young. Like, we do tell our children, oh, you know, don't have kids, get your degrees, do this. But actually, I think there's something to be said for having children in your early 20s and getting it out, and just not getting it out of the way seems like the wrong term. But, like, I just sort of think you can... You have a longer relationship. Yeah, you do. And but and you can work and have children. I mean... That's what you did. You do it, yeah. Everybody did. My mom had me when she was 22. My dad was 24. She was a crazy woman, though. She was finishing school. Yeah. She had a job at the bank. You know, she's, like, taking us... We're in Canada. Taking us to school in a toboggan where my... Where, where is my dad? Do you know what I mean? He was around, but he wasn't, like... He was still a kid. Like, he yeah. wasn't... Like, even when my dad... You say it's nice, but my, even my dad, the 24 years between us... He'll, he'll take us to the food court. Where's dad? Can't find him. He's in the arcade. Do you know what I mean? You Playing racing up. games. Yeah. Like, you go to Chuck E. Cheese with your dad, you can't find him again. You know, he's living his child life. Like, he... Because you're just... But the good thing is, they can race with you. They, they're young enough to throw you up in the air and things. They can scare the hell out of you, too. Because yeah. you know when... You're quick when you're 20. <laughs> you know, in your 20s, like, you run up the stairs. You, my, my parents could still carry me up the stairs. Until, <laughs> you can't you get know, away with nothing with, with a 24-year-old parent. Yeah, yeah, like, my stepmom had my sister when she was 42. My, my gosh, my sister was getting up to her nonsense as soon as her mom <laughs> hit the pillow, which was, like, 7 o'clock. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I think if I, I just snuck in there. So I had my first one. I was, 30, I, I was about to turn 37. So I was a yeah. month away from 37. So I still had those... As my knees still work, you know, I can still bend over, pick things up. I can still. Well, you're very healthy and you're light though too. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm light. So thank you for not saying Marga. <laughs> 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 but it, yeah, you're just a smaller frame. Exactly. So you can be a bit. Yeah, I definitely like. I'm chasing my daughter all around this house. Yeah, all the time. But you're also you also is. had fitness. You yeah. were, you know what I mean. You were going to the gym. You were cycling. And it makes a difference. Yeah, it was mad. I did lots of exercise when I was pregnant, and I'm really grateful I did that. Totally. And you don't get a chance to exercise when you've got your kids. And also, too, do you ever look around at people your age and you're like, damn, what happened to you? Yeah, (laughs) it's the most most bad mind thing that I do. It's even worse when they say they're younger than you. And you're like, oh, my God. In those trousers? Because sometimes, you know, I have to say, because it's not bad mind, because sometimes it's a choice. Yeah. Like, I'll never forget there was this, I was a drummer that I used to dance African I didn't know how old he was. You know, those musicians, you just can't tell how old they are for like a 35 year span of their life. And he saw these two just very unfashionable elderly people. And he started, you know, kind of, you know, what are they doing? These two look crazy. And I'm just like, can't you just be nice? These are elderly people. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm older than they are. Do you know what I mean? It's a choice. If you want to wear, 
if you want to dye your hair blue and wear those terrible shoes, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And like wear your mom jeans to the bank or whatever you wanted. That's a choice. Yeah, you don't you age have yourself. Like you yeah. don't have to. You don't have to be like you know. You don't have to think. Oh, I'm seventy now, so I'm gonna do what seventy year olds do. You can be yourself. It's true. You know the one that gets me, and I, I I'm still trying to think of one guy that I know that looks cute with half a head of hair. You know when that ring is just gone yeah, on the get top? Rid of it all. Just yeah. take it off, take man. Take it all off. And you know what? I think the reason that happens is we're not honest enough about how commonplace it is for men to lose their hair. Yeah. And we're not honest enough about how traumatic it is. Because like I lost my hair. After each baby, a lot of my hair fell out. Yeah. And it's just started to go back now. Um, and that for me was it was tough, even though I knew it would grow of back. Of course, yeah. Right? So imagine if you're a guy and you lose all your hair and that's considered normal. Like, it's... I feel like men are... Women won't get away with this. There's very few... A lot of women bald and they will put a wig on. They will do... Because society is more willing to accept a bald man yeah. than they are. But it's when they're hanging on to the that's, half that's of it. That's what I mean. Like, because of that, there's no need to even hang on to it. Like, mm-hmm. Prince William, shave it off. Oh, my God. Go down Brixton, go to a barber and just get rid of it. Have you been watching High Life? No. So it's like this, uh, it's like Made in Chelsea, but with black people. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, I'm on it. Channel, Channel 4, yeah, like catch up with it. It's only, you only, it's only like on the third episode. Okay. The makeup the women wear on this show. It's, I just want to just re, I just want to get a wipe and just wipe. They layer it And on. the lashes. So are they, th- are they lashes? Lash- I don't know what happened, right? But lashes just got long without we just one day how do you hold your eyes open with some of these lashes and i was like why is everyone wearing these huge lashes yeah i had them on for a moment but they weren't huge this is how this is definitely where i'm getting old because that's something that i personally wouldn't do and Mm -hmm. when my daughter does it she probably will do it because that Mm -hmm. will be on trend when she's old enough i'll be like what is going on that trend is never going away yeah but it's um so the lashes are wild but the makeup is thick like it's been troweled on and I just thought of because they, they don't have their color and they have to do full co- coverage right. instead of just correcting. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's that's probably the case too. But we're also, lucky because we're kind of, we're probably probably could use each other's cover up. Yeah, but there's we, they have our tone in the store. You know they don't have a lot of our friends' tone is like they got like three black girl colors in there. Yeah, it's that's that's part of it too. Like not having available makeup, mm-hmm. uh, definitely. But it's when you watch the show, a lot of it is like they're just lathering it on. And what's are they Jamaican shit? background, African background, Nigerian? So Nigerian oh, and right. Ghanaian. I think there's a Jamaican guy in there, but most of the cast is Nigerian and Ghanaian. That's hilarious. And mega rich, so they're like billionaires. Okay. They're like millionaires and billionaires. Do the Ghanaians look down on the Nigerians? No, not at all, actually. Because <laughs> that's what's really nice about the show, because it's not really, it's more, it's about like, in fact, there's one couple which is a Nigerian woman marrying a Jamaican guy. So mm-hmm. then it's like the culture's coming together, it's really beautiful. Um, and actually, now I think about it, there's not been much crossover between the, the, the communities. So you'll see, oh. they'll see, you'll see a little bit about Nigerian family, then you see a bit about Ghanaian family. Then it'll, so maybe later on in the show, they all start to cross paths. Cross again. paths again, but yeah. But there's not, there, it doesn't really have any of that kind of that hierarchy. I, I still have culture shock with Nigerians. I'll just say, <laughs> we live next to some Nigerians, and when they talk on the phone outside, you think they were in your house. But that's like the volume on some <laughs> Nigerian people. It's startling. But I would say the same about Jamaicans, though. Like this is, and this is what people say: like Nigerians and Jamaicans are the same. Similar, people. but we don't have that boom in our voice. You know, like some. Some Nigerians, I don't know where they have so much volume. It's so, like they're speaking from the, the their chest, like it just amplifies. So Ghanaians, like we're seen as quite quiet. Quiet, okay? yeah. But we come from a country with about thirty-five million people. Mm-hmm. If you ever go to Ghana, go to Accra, it's 
it's noisy, it's a bit rowdy, but it's fine. My dad was there for all right. the pandemic. Right, right. right. So Lagos, right? Mm-hmm. Like Nigeria's Nigeria. the biggest city. Mm-hmm. Um, the population of Lagos is like half population of Ghana, right? So yeah. just, just imagine how loud you have to be to exist in this place. Like, yes. It's just like the largest population of black people in the world is Nigeria. More black people live in Nigeria than any other like, country in the world. Oh, right? wow. Don't tell so, too many people that information. <laughs> but I just sort of think if you think about it that psychologically, like it's a busy, crowded place. But if everyone's yelling at that volume, how can you hear everybody? Your body <laughs> will just shake. Like that, that I don't know. One of the, that's one of the reasons why I just I'm, I love to go to Nigeria, particularly because now my kids are half Nigerian, mm-hmm. but, but also because I want to experience. I've been to Ghana many times. I've also, now, the so. men are so. A lot of the men are very forward, like the ones yeah. right from like you are very pretty. I want to go on a date with you. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I tell my partner about all my experiences with my junior guy and it just makes him laugh I'm like I'm telling you man they're so <laughs> they're fast and I'm Jamaican so you know I'm ready to be sexually harassed in these streets okay but like I, but they and they, they step to you differently like Jamaican guys will be more sexual and more like wow beauty you know they don't they don't they're not so front page but like when with African guys, I feel like they're like, no, I like you. You are the one, and they're like, they're like more focused about it. And and I feel like they probably wouldn't go on with the same nonsense like the Jamaican dudes a lot of the time. Like there's a lot of you know how it goes, girl. I think you know what they're man, more family orientated. I think Nigerians. Men are men. Oh my god, that's true. But they, I, I feel like you is. see more marriages survive in Nigeria than versus in J- Jamaica. You know, I think there's definitely a conversation to be had about the diaspora in Africa and that mm. there are challenges being descended from enslaved African people that Definitely. you don't have if you come from the continent. I think, what did they say? Nigerians are like the most highly educated sector of the American population now. Do you know what su- I mean? That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, well, it, education is so... I've seen villages... I can't remember this one village where there was... Uh, was it Boko Haram? Or where they were, basically, they were kidnapping kids. So the whole village had to stay together and they'd sleep near the hospital. They'd walk the two hours there just so they would be safe. And these three boys didn't want to do that two hour trek. So they found a cave. Their two, half their family had been slaughtered. They found a cave. They all lived in this cave, these three boys, just by can, you know what they do when they get home? They study or they clean the flooding that happened in the, the cave. But I when I was like, to see these kids just trying to like avoid being, you know what I mean? Yeah. Kidnapped as child soldiers sitting in a cave, studying their book. It's just cultural like, wow. education. I went to, about, oh, this is a long time ago now, about 10 years ago, I went to the north of Ghana, which is mm-hmm. more impoverished than the south. Okay. Um, so you're more likely to see that, that Africa that you might stare to be thinking all Africans like, mm-hmm. villages, huts, things like that. But we visited a couple of schools um, and the school, I was writing for an, uh, a magazine at the time. So they knew we were coming and we were going to like observe a lesson. And they said, and we were invited by the teachers to watch two rival schools come together to do a debate. And it was a like a competition between the schools, mm-hmm. and they had to debate something. And they, you know, they, I just love it. I can't remember what they were talking about. Oh, what were they debating? But anyway, they. So we watched it, and it was a real privilege actually, because we went to the schoolhouse and we saw the visiting school do their bit, and then we saw the the school we were at do their bit, and then had a debate. Mm-hmm. The devastation of the losing team. I've never seen anything like it. They mm. were so invested in this particular competition in school, and I just thought in this country. You do stuff that with, that with schools. It's like you get it out of the way, then you leave school and you smoke mm-hmm. in the in the in the back in the school grounds or whatever. Like it was like that. It was just they were so passionate. Yeah. About they're serious. Yeah. It was it was like the FA Cup. It was like the World Cup. Yeah. To them. To them. And I just remember thinking, 
wow that is just that's that's the solution though isn't it mm. that's what you want young people to be thinking even though i want them to be like it's cool man it's just a debate <laughs> yeah well no there, there's a lot more at stake and opportunities that can be gained and lost but you know back to you really quickly what i picked up on was the hut they all think we live have you, if you go to africa a rondavel is the perfect place to be yeah absolutely Do you know what i mean when all this western housing it doesn't always work in these situations the way that they flood, at least with the Rondavels, the way that they're built. Yeah. They're so good in heat. They're so, you know what I mean? It's so funny how we primitize some of, some ancient ways, but it's like, no, it was this way for a reason and it's it works for this. Like it's appropriate. Really, exactly. The famous story is corrugated iron. So when, mm. um, when Westerners went to lots of African countries, particularly in Ghana, that's the story, they ripped off all the thatch roofs mm-hmm. and they replaced the roofs on buildings with corrugated iron. Mm-hmm. It's rusted. So with the thatched roofs, yeah, with the thatched roofs, you had a waterproof roof that mm-hmm. you just replaced, and it's sustainable mm-hmm. because the straw you use is, is it's, yeah, so inexpensive, it's, yeah, it's inexpensive and abundant. And with corrugated iron, it rusts, and then when it rusts and you replace it, what do you do with the roof that is damaged? It's, uh, it's yeah, the other exactly, it's, it's garbage, and so you just you just create. I mean, there's literally hundreds of thousands of tons worth of rubbish in on the continent. Which is just stuff you're being... You know, this, this idea that, you know, civilization... What is civilization? How do you even de- define that? But just, just to put... Just to import these Western ways in completely different scenarios. You know, it didn't work yeah. so many times. And I don't know why they thought they were such an authority or as if they had nothing we to know learn. Why. Of course we do. Like, of we course, know why? Of it's, course. It's white, but, so it's better. Yeah. But, it's, it's, but, but some of them actually know the truth. I was listening to um, a, 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 a lecture. I think it was at Cambridge or Oxford. It was, uh, what's his name? He wrote Natives. Oh, Akala. Akala. Yeah. And it's so interesting how many scholars, the lengths that they went to to distort the, tr- yeah. the truth. Of of black Africans, it's like shot. If you go to if the Fitzwilliam Museum in Cambridge has mm. a whole has a whole area dedicated to how people try to deny that Egyptians was, were black Africans. I want to go. You know, oh, it's brilliant. Um, a few years ago, they did an exhibition called History of the Afrocomb, um, and that's how I got to know this this um, this museum. Otherwise, I'd never know. Have I you been up. to the Slave History Museum in Liverpool? No, I've never been, and I've never been to. Deliso did a comedy residency there. Yeah, recently. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this would have been about two years ago, yeah. I'm I think not su- yeah, I'm not surprised. They do a lot of good work, that mm-hmm. museum. I'm always seeing things that they're getting up to. Um, it's a great museum. I've been there a couple of times. I, like, I have my joke always whenever I go to the Slavery Museum. I'm like, I'll, sometimes I just like to come around here to dwell. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, yeah, it's funny that I've never been there. I've just never had the time to go when I've been in the area. Mm-hmm. So I've gone sort of at night um, and I've never stayed. <coughs> the one in Johannesburg. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the apartheid museum. I've that was there. wild. That's yeah. I mean, that's a whole other podcast, isn't it? Oh yeah. Uh, but I've been to that museum, and that what, like, I came out of that museum, and I'm just startled. Thinking, yeah, white people are mad. You're just mad. <laughs> it's very difficult to to answer, try and rationalize the mentality of that kind of racism because ultimately. Everyone has the capability of being racist. And we know this because everywhere you go in the world, you can put a pin in the map, you can find two people who don't like each other based on where they come from. Anywhere you go. I think but the, the South Africa, like they, they took it to a really, to a level which is just, like where where is the benefit? Why are you even- It's financial. Be- it's always financial, right? And so to invent, but then if it's the financial thing, they invented a system where then, they actually believed the lies. They, so they had to convince people of these lies. They had to convince certain the certain group of their superiority 
and disenfranchise another one by not, you know, a, a lot, taking so much away from them so they felt that they were powerless and couldn't rise up, so, right? Especially because they had a numerical majority. But it's kind of like, it's just resulted in the strangest ideas. So I'll tell you a story. I was in Johannesburg about three or four years ago and I got chatting to someone um, and she was what you would describe as coloured. Mm-hmm. Um, and you would be coloured too, by the way. Well, this this is where it gets a bit weird because it, I and don't. So would I. Yeah, I don't. I don't quite know. I know I certainly wouldn't be considered um, a black South African. And she was talking about how she said something really weird. She said, "Oh yeah, coloured people can't really cross their legs." I was like, "As in sit down cross legged," and I was like, "What?" <laughs> you know what I, mean? I was like, and it was so stunning. I was like, I can't remember why we're talking about it, but we must have been talking about something that involves sitting on the ground cross legs. She was like, oh, well, it was a bit hard for me because coloured people, we don't really, we don't, we can't really cross our legs. Like, like that real belief in the biological racism that there were, so it wasn't even, that's, you don't earn more money because you spread that lie. So the most strangest and most pointless well, you, racism you, 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 you kind of scare a lot of people out of the competition. And you scare a lot of would-be revolutionaries. So people start to thinking that they're small and that they don't have power. So then they yeah. don't act, right? It's, it's it's how they protect their interests. And they really believe in that boundary between people, you know, like... You, this some is do, some I don't. I think it's such a spectrum. You, you, yeah. Nelson Mandela didn't believe it. Of course not. No, absolutely, absolutely <laughs> you know? right. But some people, and then you get to the point where some people are like, oh, we don't believe it, but they don't interrogate their belief systems enough to see where they still perpetuate it. So all that unconscious stuff is now, you know... There's a, who was the, the historian I was listening to who was talking about how he didn't actually believe that bias was a, sub, a subconscious. It, it's almost a way of letting them off the hook. You know, like when you look at someone like a Jenny Cooper, when she's like, I'm going to tell them that a black man... You know, she that's yeah, someone that's who is very... But, yeah. you, but there's certain people that do certain things and they might play stupid, but they know. Do you know what I mean? Like, I will always say subconscious and unconscious bias is real because it's unconscious in society. So the same way that it's... Hidden, you'll accept. Yeah, the same way that it's institution. It's almost like maybe institutionalized is a better word. Like mm-hmm. the same way it's institutionalized in our systems, those systems and the way they, the way those systems... Um, the pr- program, ways, automatic prejudice. Exactly, exactly. Like they um, did a really, you know that what would you do show that they always do? They yeah. did one, which was so scary. This is when I got scared. Um, they took two people, a black woman and a white woman, and both were like com- the same amount drunk, you know what I mean, in mm. the streets, and just to see how society treated both of them. The black woman was immediately, you know, seen as a nuisance, and nobody mm. was there helping her. The white woman was seen as a victim, and everybody was trying to assist her and aid her and protect her from other, you know what I mean? Um, so it was just so interesting. But and and these are people who would tell. Well, no one's racist. If you if you, if you I mean, if we all mark our own report, report cards, we get A's, don't we? Right. I mean, I, anytime somebody makes that claim, I'm like, well, <laughs> now we know who you are. But um, yeah, it, it's it's so interesting and. I wonder if I do it sometimes. You know what I do sometimes is I think especially like in mixed, like in in neighborhoods like where everybody comes together, I have that thing where I'm just like, you know, you don't want to shame black people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I never want to let my race down or, you know, give give people a reason to hate black people. Do you know what I'm saying? I like I always feel responsible. Like if anything I do is reflective of our whole entire, you know, everybody with black skin. But that's, basically, that's the, that's the kind of what it's like to live in in a white majority country. Mm-hmm. You feel like what you do reflects on where we come, what people who come from where we come from, or look like they come from where we come from. Yeah, um, and that's what's really unfair because we have the right to be as bad as yeah. they have the right to be good. 
Case in point, when have you ever seen an unruly black stag do? Exa- well, exactly. Could you imagine? Like, it's called a jail cell. Yeah, it would never be allowed. And yet, and even then, if you are like a group of white men, that's like you can even brag about the crazy shit you Oh, yeah. To, it's it's like know. guys beating up guys at football grounds. It's like, oh, cheeky lads, lads, lads. It's, you yeah. know, it's not really seen as real violence. But like black people, it's black and black violence. It's a problem. It's you don't like, hear white on white violence. Exactly. exactly. But it's like yeah. most, you're most likely to be attacked by someone from your own race. It's just, just a standard. It's just how yeah, it is. Yeah, because of how people live. But you know, that's the one thing that I find that's really has changed is when people start using... So like even I, this, I was watching these two women fight this Karen and then another uh, white lady who was not a Karen. She's like, shut up, white lady. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? But like for a white person to say that to another white person in the pejorative, I was just like, and that's why people are going to, they never noticed with us, black girl, who's that black girl? You know what I mean? Because there was always that implication that it meant, or did you ever, ever have anyone, this is an old one that would whisper, oh, she's black. Like yeah. as if it was something as to be like ashamed of. They try and find other ways to describe you. Yeah. Like every word. Colored. Like, I, I saw a guy with your skin tone. Yeah. It's a hair a little bit like yours. Yeah. But people are get, starting to understand that's not, it's not racist to call someone black. It's just racist to make assumptions about them based on the fact that they're black. Uh, which is I, was, I forgot what I was going to say anyway so we've been recording like an hour now mm-hmm. so I think we have to wrap up just okay quickly. as much as actually I would record for two hours of you yes no of edit. course of it's course anything else you want to get off your chest where can we find you or the usual I will stuff? be doing the Artista Comedy Festival oh, I'll I'm be doing gonna, like I'm not going to edit this in time <laughs> oh. <laughs> when's the festival uh, October 9th okay let's see, keep it in if it is uh, October, October 9th, 9th Artista I'm doing my hour at the Artista Festival just check my socials at Comedian Dana on Twitter TikTok and Instagram Instagram. Beautiful. Dana, thank you so much. You're for welcome. Finally coming to keep my company. Yes. Oh, he's asleep now. He's fast asleep. Yeah. So cute. That was the fantastic Dana Alexander who finally came round to eat some Polari. Really pleased she made it and really pleased we had that chat. We genuinely could have gone on for about three hours. Seriously, we genuinely could. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation. As you will have realised, I did not get this podcast out in time. So sadly, if this is the first time you've heard about it, you did miss her performance in Brighton on the 9th of October. But not to worry, that was recorded and hopefully that will be available for you to watch. So please catch up with her on her socials comedian dana on instagram comedian dana on twitter and you can find dana alexander on facebook as well this has been keeping athena company with me athena kableni thank you so much for your continued support and welcome if this was the first episode you heard if you liked it um give it a like share comment do what you do with podcasts that you like on the platform that you use if you want i'm not fussed you know i just do this for the crack i hope you enjoyed this Thank you again for listening and we will catch up next time.